0: Amen. It is uh, good to be with you uh, again this morning. I know that a lot has gone on already. You're thinking, is it lunchtime yet? Uh, I just got a few minutes left together this morning, but we're, gonna, uh, we're not going to get out of here without opening up God's words. If you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to Malachi chapter 2. Uh, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Uh, we started a sermon series last week, uh, entitled, Return to Me, and I just want to just catch you up to speed. Uh, maybe you kind of forgot a little bit, or maybe you were not here last week. Uh, the people of Israel were going through the motions in their walk with God. Who's been there before? Anybody? Give me two hands up if you've been there before. You, sometimes in life, you get to the point where you feel like you were just going through the motions. I shared this past week, uh, last week, that the week before that, I kind of felt like I was in that part where I felt like I was somewhat neglecting my time with God. And it seems like, does it seem like, every time that takes place, we get drained. We start even doing good things, but there's no joy in that because the Spirit of God is not actively working in and through our lives. And each of us have been there. If not, you're there right now. You've been there before. And if you haven't been there before, it's probably coming someday. But the people of Israel, they were going through the motions in their lives. And I want to be very specific with you this morning. During this time here, God would raise up men and women called prophets who would be the voice of God to the people. And the one that God raises up is the man by the name of Malachi. Now, after Malachi, there was, many of you have heard before, the 400 years of silence, so to speak. So, from Malachi to John the Baptist, go fast forward to the New Testament, it was about 400 years. So, Malachi was kind of the last voice of God, so to speak. And the reason we don't have uh, somewhat prophets today or, or that type of thing, because the Holy Spirit works in our lives. He is the one who guides and directs and challenges and, and speaks to us. No doubt about it, God raises up leaders. He raises up pastors. He raises up disciples to be the hands and feet of Christ. But during this time, the people of Israel, they were just going through the motions. And last week we talked about it's easy just to go through the motions. And we said one of the antidotes or, or a couple of the antidotes that God wants us in that moment that Malachi shared with the people of Israel is, is to humble ourselves before God with reverence and respect. To humble ourselves before God. The second thing we said last week was to give God our best, our first, and what cost us. And to hold God to the highest regard and to respond in obedience. I I heard the word obedience many times as these teams were sharing. About sometimes obedience is not fun, amen? sometimes obedience doesn't bring that aha moment in our lives. But let me tell you something this morning. God's Word promises that He will be a part of, that He will bless, it doesn't mean tangibly, but God will bless obedience in our lives. And sometimes we come to a point, we come to a fork in the road and say, am I going to choose to obey God or am I not? And the fifth thing we said last week is, when we are obedient to the Word of God, expect God to move in our lives. Expect God to move in our life. This morning we're going to pick up in Malachi chapter 2. The the story continues here. God is continuing to speak to His people through the man of Malachi. So if you've got your Bibles, Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. Everybody ready this morning? Anybody awake this morning? All right. here's what we're going to do. We're going to read through, we're going to stop for a minute, kind of explain some things, and we're going to unpack uh, just for a few minutes this morning. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. And now, you priests, the warning is for you. If you do not listen, and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you, and I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have already cursed them, because you have not resolved to honor me. Because of you, I will rebuke your descendants. I will smear on your faces the dung This is harsh here. From the festival sacrifices, and you will be carried off with it, and you will know that I have sent you this warning so that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord Almighty. My covenant was with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of my name. Verse 6, true instruction was in his mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness uprightness, and turned many from sin. I want to stop there just for a minute. So who's Levi? You're thinking like, you know, I wear Levi's. I mean, is that who they're talking about here? Levi was the son, all right? There was 12 tribes of Israel. And those 12 tribes were actually sons who their, who their families grew and grew and grew and grew, which made up the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Judah, so to speak. And so Levi was one of those sons. Now, Levi was a man after God's own heart, a lot like David. Levi was one who, because of his obedience, God raised him to be the person who somewhat worked in the temple. Their their family is the one who took in the sacrifices. Their family is the one who somewhat were the pastors of Israel, so to speak. Okay, So so Levi, when it talks about that God's blessing was on him, because Levi was a man of obedience. And God raised him up, even in the the nation of Israel, so his family was known as kind of the the leadership, so to speak, because of the obedience that God did in Israel their lives. So here's, here's the story of Verse 7. Let's keep going. For the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge, because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty, and people seek instruction from his mouth. But you have turned from the way, and by your teaching have caused many to stumble. You have violated the covenant with Levi, says the Lord Almighty, so I have caused you to be despised and humiliated before all the people." Because you have not followed my ways, but have shown partiality in matters of the law. Do we have one father? Did not one God create us? Why do we profane the covenant of our ancestors by being unfaithful to one another? Judah has been unfaithful. Judah was another son, all right? A detestable thing has been committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. Judah has desecrated the sanctuary the Lord loves by marrying women who worship. a foreign God. So here's what's taking place here. I want to stop there for a moment because, because the people of Israel, they were doing all the right things. Almost. <laughs> all right? They, they were coming to the temple. They were offering sacrifices, but they were not giving God the best. They were giving God the leftovers. So through, and turn, this, they were just going through the motions. And let's be honest, God is not very happy here. He's, he's not very happy with the people of Israel here, and the people of Judah are actually going out, and they were basically cheating on their wives, and they were going, and they were marrying other women who were not from Israel. They were not godly women. So, so to speak, they were kind of missionary dating, all right? You know what that word is? Man, she is beautiful. You know, I don't really care that she doesn't love God, but, man, she is so beautiful. Maybe through our dating relationship she'll come to Christ. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you've been there before, okay? But through missionary dating, it led to an unequally yoked relationship. And God says, no, that is not what I have for you. That is not the best I have for you. I'm just going to be just point blank. God, he was pretty upset about that. You know, sometimes I live my life as as God is always a forgiving God. And we love that about God. That's one of the attributes that I love about God is He is forgiving and He is faithful. But our God is a just God as well. And just like a good parent, when your kid makes a bad decision, it ought to make you a little bit upset about them. Because no good parent is going to let their kids go make horrible decisions, be like, hey, hey, whatever you want to do, man, if that's the way you want to live your life. whatever. No, God is upset at the people of Israel because they were being disobedient. Let me ask you something this morning. If you were to ask the question, if you were asked, you know, am I living my life in obedience to God? What would that be for you? Because here's what's happening in this story is the people of Israel, they were actually upset with God and say, God, where is your love? And, and God comes back to them and says, where is your obedience? You see, many times in our lives we expect the blessings of God, but live in a life of disobedience. And because God is perfect, because God is holy, because God is just, He is loving, He is peaceful, all of these things, He can't allow us to live our lives however we want to, and He can't be a part of that. Please hear me out here, because I believe this is where the church gets ourselves in trouble a lot. This is sometimes where I get myself in trouble. I'm going to live my life apart from your obedience, apart from your word, but I want the blessings of God all over me. And we start wondering, where is God's love? Where is God's presence? And His, his answer is, I can't be a part of that. You see, the church has got themselves in a, in a heap of trouble these last few decades. Because they have taken obedience, they have taken truth, and they have said, you know what, It's okay. It's okay if, if you do this. It's okay if you live outside the boundaries of God's Word. It's okay if you do those things. And the people of Israel, they were doing things outside the truth of words, the, the, the Word of God. And God says, no. Not only is it going to be harmful for you, but that's detestable. So many times in our lives, we, we know that we're dabbling with sin. We all do. And then sometimes we wonder, where is God? God, where is your love? And God says, Brandon, I've never changed. My love is always here. I am faithful. Even those times when you are unfaithful. So the question for you, Brandon, is is what is is it in your life that's keeping you from, from my unconditional love and blessing and joy in your life? That's probably one of the biggest things that God is teaching me the older I get in my walk with God. Sometimes obedience is not fun. Sometimes obedience is the difficult decision, but obedience always leads to the blessings of God in our lives. And again, those blessings that always come, hear me out, please. That doesn't always mean I'm going to upgrade a car or whatever the situation. That means just to be in the presence of God, to have that peace and that joy and that love in our lives. And you know what I'm talking about if you've been there before. God's Word says it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes we can't explain it, but we just know that the presence of God is actively working in and through our lives. But the people of Israel, they were doing the right thing with the wrong heart, with the wrong motives. Verse 12, I kind of got off track there. Verse 12, <laughs> I seem to do that a lot. As for the man who does this, whoever he may be, may the Lord remove him from the tents of Jacob, even though he brings an offering to the Lord Almighty. And he says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because He no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask, Why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her. Though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant... Has not the God made you? You belong to Him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. Verse 16, The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should respect or protect, says the Lord Almighty. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful, breaking covenant through injustice. Verse 17, You have wearied, The Lord with your words, how have we wearied him, they ask. You, by saying all who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, and he is pleased with them. Or where is the God of justice? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you, Lord. Speak through us, Father. Lord, humble me, God. God, may your word challenge us. May your word convict us. And God, may your word make us more like you. Lord, we welcome you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Jack Canfield wrote a book called The Success Principles. He asked participants in his seminars to agree to a list of 15 ground rules as they entered into this seminar. Be on time, sit in different chairs after every break. We got to try that here at church, you know, a different chair every Sunday, all right? And several other things he asked them to do. He makes them sign a form in their workbook that says, I agree to keep all these guidelines and ground rules. On the morning of the third day, he asks everyone who has broken one of the ground rules, stand up. What becomes apparent, he writes, is how casually we give our word and then how casually we break it. What about you? Think of our walk with Christ this way. I think sometimes we come into a relationship with God and sometimes we, we, we surrender to Him, but we don't know the expectations of what He asks of us as Christ followers. What if we went into a relationship with Jesus Christ and my prayer is, is that you are there, that it's a covenant thing before you and God. And there are expectations of me and of you in that relationship. To the point of us signing that in a sense of obedience or, or, or giving or, or, or sharing or, or whatever the situation is. Does that change your view? Does that change your relationship with God at all? Because let's be honest, I don't like to sign things. Anybody else? Like, what am I signing? Alright, what am I... I want to know exactly what my signature is going to, Okay. And that's kind of what the people did here. They just kind of frivolously signed, sure, you know, I've got a covenant with God. What does that look like? You know, we're going to do what we want to. But they had broken that covenant. And a covenant is a promise that God gave His people. And it was a promise that the people gave God. And so during that time when a covenant was broken, things were off, so to speak, all right? All right. God didn't have to continue to uphold His part of the bargain versus the, uh, the people didn't uphold their part of the bargain. So they found themselves in a situation, kind of a scary situation here. Do we honor our commitments? And, and, and Malachi comes before the people and he says, you have a responsibility as Christ followers. As, as the people of God, verse 2, look back at that, it says, if you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my James chapter 1 verse 22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, many times it's, it's easy to hear the word of God. It's many times to be encouraged by the word of God, but there's, there's many times where it's difficult to actually apply that to our lives. Anybody have a hard time with that sometimes? And God's Word says, my Word should change you in such a way that you're obedient. And the reason that you're being obedient is because of the change that has taken place in our lives. But what happens is, when we neglect that relationship, we get drained. And then it becomes duty. Then there's no joy in, in following after Jesus. And we get to the point where we're going through the motions. And then we start doubting our salvation. Then we start doubting God's love in our lives. We have a responsibility as those who know Christ Jesus. Malachi says our responsibility, if we are living in obedience to God, we will. The first thing is, is revere God. Verse verse 5, it says this, My covenant was with him, speaking of Levi, a covenant of life and peace. And I gave them to him, this called for reverence, and he revered me and stood in awe of My name. So what's happening here is is God is saying, Levi, the people of Levi, have revered My name and because of that I brought life and joy and peace into their lives. And He says, revering our awesome God inspires Obedience. If we are living in obedience to God, we will revere God. We will also receive truth and proclaim truth. Verse 6 says, True instructions was in his mouth, and nothing false found on his lips. You see, a failure to teach and to receive the truth from God's word sets the stage for wrong doctrine and shabby living. If we, as Christ followers, step outside the truth of God's Word, we are calling down God's judgment on ourselves and on our church. Even doing right things in the wrong manner is not obedience. The third thing we see here about living obedience to the will of God is living righteously. In verse 6 it says, He walked with me in peace and uprightness and turned many From sin. Did you know when our lives, when we are walking in obedience, and when people see our lives, our lives affect those people around us? You see, I heard many people say, you know, that, you know, I'm not sure that I could go on a mission trip, I'm not sure God could use me. I don't really have any talents. I don't have all of these things. Did listen to this. Did you know just walking in obedience to the word of God, our lives can have a huge effect on those around us? You don't even have to be a preacher to do that. You don't have to be this person or that person, but just walking in obedience. We all can do that because it's a choice of ours every single day to walk in obedience. And I love this because it says, Levi was a man who walked in obedience, and people's lives were changed. People's lives were saved because they saw his life, and they said, what is different about him? They got into a conversation. Let me share you what's different here. It's really not that difficult. But sometimes I make it pretty difficult. Malachi says you have a responsibility as a Christ follower to live your life as an obedience. And then God gives a warning. Recognize the downside. In verse 1, let's look at that again. It says, now you priest, this warning is for you. He's talking to the leaders of Israel here. If you do not listen and if you do not resolve to honor my name, says the Lord Almighty, I will send a curse on you. And I will curse your blessings. You see, God gives His people a warning here. He says, failure to honor our commitments will damage our personal testimony, impact our lives, and strain our relationships with God and with Others. Who's experienced that before? The gospel is, is absolutely amazing to me. I mean, think about it. Like the power of Jesus working in and through His people, it literally cha- it makes us into a new person. It mends relationships. It cleans up our mouths. I've shared that before. I used to have a potty mouth. I did. And God convicted me in such a way... You can tell I have kids, right? Potty mouth. (laughs) And the Spirit convicted me in such a way, I couldn't continue on. The Gospel is so powerful, many of you choose to go to the end of the earth to share the good news... Why in the world would you go to Haiti? The place is in destruction. Because the gospel compels us to do so. Why do we go to Oklahoma City when we're sweating? I think it was like 195 degrees. With these crazy... Why? Because the gospel compels us to do so. The gospel should compel us Christ's love should compel us in such a way that we want to walk in obedience. But what happens so many times in our lives, let's be honest, is is we neglect obedience, and we want God to work in and through our lives, and God says it doesn't work that way, and it never will. But as we walk in obedience, there's no better place to be. So God gives him a warning. The third thing is, is God gave them a reason. Remember the benefits, recognize the upside. Verse 5, it says, My covenant with him, Levi, was one of life and peace. Life and peace. Now, life speaks of a, a qualitative, satisfying life known only to those who are recipients of God's favor. And then he says, he, he not only has life, but he has peace. Peace is more than just the quieting of the soul. Many times, peace is unexplainable. Isn't that what everyone is looking for? Think about that. You go into a poll anywhere in the world. You go to the, to the bushes of Africa. You go to the villages of Haiti. You go to the inner city of Oklahoma City or the inner city of Elk City, wherever that is, or or you go into the high rises. If you ask people, what are you looking for in life? And I'm just looking for purpose. I'm looking for peace. I am looking for peace. But what many don't know is where to go for that. And that's why Jesus says, church, I want to use you. I want you to go and I want you to share how people can know me. I want you to share how people can have peace in their life, how they can truly have life. God's Word says, apart from Him, we are dead in our sins. When we come into that relationship, we are alive in Christ Jesus. So he says, obedience, surrendering and obedience leads to life and peace in our lives. I am very aware of some of the struggles that I have in my life. Does anybody else have any struggles here? <clears throat> I struggle with anxiety a little bit. Um, lose sleep over it. Maybe, maybe you're there. <clears throat> Last night, it was there. Two, I think it was 2 32 in the morning. I couldn't sleep. Maybe you're there with me. My mind is running. I'm anxious. And God's word says, don't be anxious about anything but by prayer and petition, present your request to God. And I just started praying, and, and I prayed, and an hour goes by, and I'm like, um, I'm really getting tired here, God. But I love those moments so many times because I, for those who are in Christ, we, we, we know where to go. I can't imagine not knowing God. I can't imagine waking up every night and being so anxious about life and and decisions and and all of those things because in those moments when we call on the name of God, peace sweeps into our lives. And in that moment, I think it lasted about an hour, about 3.35 or something, I finally get back to bed and and it was almost like the calmness came over me. And not that I want to do it again tonight, but there's no sweeter times to be before God and say, God, I just want to, I need you. Because sometimes in my life it takes those two, three o'clock in the mornings to actually calm me down, to come before God, if your life is anything like mine. But he says, I, I want to bring life. I want to bring peace into your life. But we must walk in obedience to the Word of God. Almost done. He says the reason that we fail in this is because of our unfaithfulness. Specifically here, the, the men were being unfaithful to their wives. And Malachi was like, What are you doing? What are you doing? You know the truth of Word, the God's Word. I mean, do, you, do you, know, you know that feeling when you make that choice to dishonor God in your life? you know that feeling that the Holy Spirit just convicts you and you can't really sleep and, and you just want to just... You know what I'm talking about? You want to you run from the people of God? You want to run from church? Because it's like we know better. God's like, you know better. And here's the cool thing about this story is God says, I still love you just as a parent is going to love a child no matter what. God says, I love you. Return to me. Return to me. And the last thing. He says, you've got to take action. If you don't change some things in your life, it's going to be difficult. And so he does. He gives them a stern warning. And I feel like God is giving her the church today is stern warning like you must choose obedience you cannot continue to do what you want to do outside of god's word and the truth of god's word and expect god's hands to be all over it and i have been so convicted in this area i know there's some things that we don't do right here at once there's some things that we need to change but God is calling each of us to be obedient. And I can't even imagine, it. just with this group here, can you imagine if we live lives of obedience, what God would do? You see, many times when obedience takes place, confession has to take place. Repentance has to take place. And sometimes that's not fun. It's not. But God says, return to me. But you must take action. You must set some boundaries in your life. Verse 15. So be on guard and do not be unfaithful. Verse 16. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful. What does it mean to be on guard? You know, I think of Someone in the military just kind of spending twelve-hour shifts, literally just just being on guard, looking and just waiting for anything to take place so they can they can they can do whatever they need to do to take care of the problem, so to speak. It's being on guard. What's taking place in our life? It's being on guard of choosing. Thoughts that honor God. It's being on guard to choosing words that are honoring God. It's being on guard to choosing to treat our spouse with respect. It's it's being on guard to choosing to do the right thing in the workplace. God said you got to be on guard. Because remember Christ followers. The devil is like a roaring lion waiting to steal, kill, and destroy Your lives, and if you are not on guard, you are giving the devil a foothold in your life, and you don't want to walk down that road. So heed my warning and act in obedience, church. And just watch how I pour life and peace into you. My prayer is that is our hearts this morning. I'm going to ask Jared to come as we close. Being on guard. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me? I've got to be honest, some of us are doing pretty well. I want to encourage, I, I want to encourage many of you. Man, because you are running the race that has been set before you. It's not easy, but man, you are winning. Like God is using you, God is working. But let's be honest there's, there's some, there's many, maybe. The thought of acting in obedience in all parts of our lives, God is saying, I, You got to change some things. So just for a moment here. I just want you to close your eyes. And here's what I want you to do I want you to have some specific prayer time with this you and God. And I want you to ask Him this question God, where in my life do I need to surrender? Do I need to change some things? And pray that God would give you the ears to hear. And the boldness and courage and strength to follow after it. See, because sometimes in my life, like, God will reveal some things. Like, Brandon, you need to clean that up. You need to stop doing that. You need to start doing that. And I get excited about those things, and I know it, but... The week later, it's like he's, he's telling me the same thing. And then a week goes by, and then a week goes by. There's got to be a time in our lives where we take and we draw a line in the sand and say, God, I want to be obedient no matter what. Please give me the strength because I know there is life and peace in that. And right now, I'm struggling. And maybe this morning, you say, Brandon, you talk about life, you talk about peace. I want that because I have never experienced peace in my life. With all eyes closed, if that's you this morning, you say, Brandon, that's what I'm looking for, and I didn't even know what I was looking for. If that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hand, because I want to talk to you after the service. I want to talk to you and share with you how you can know a God who is loving, a God who who wants to make you alive in Him, a a God who wants to give you peace. Is there anyone this morning before we close? Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's pray. Father, we come before you. God, thank you for this morning. God, it's just awesome to see uh, the fruits of you working through your church. Humbled just to be a part of it, Father. Teams have gone and walked in obedience, God. To go and share the good news here and around the world, God. As One has walked in obedience through baptism, Father. God, I pray as we leave this place, God, that Lord, that will be on our hearts. God, we want to walk in obedience. Lord, we want to choose to follow after you, Lord, even when times are tough, even when times are difficult, Father. Why? Because there's nothing better, Father. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for your justness, Father. Thank You for being a good Father who loves us and and even disciplines us, God, many times, Lord, because I know I need it in my life. So God, I pray as we go and we leave this place, Lord, that we will go and be the church to those around us. And because of that, lives will be changed. Lord, we love You and we praise You. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.